Welcome to the Spartan Underground Show, your ultimate resource for everything Spartan race training. Discover what the best SGX coaches are doing to help their clients boost performance, dominate obstacles, and get through each race burpee-free. Here is your host, Mike Diebler. Welcome to episode 21 of the Underground SGX Show, where we're providing you tips and strategies to help you dominate your next Spartan race. I'm your host, SGX coach Mike Diebler, and as always, thanks for joining me this week. You can find this week's show notes at www.spartanunderground.com forward slash episode dash 21 for any links mentioned in this show. All right, I also wanted to mention our sponsor for this episode, Mobilitas. Battle-tested, effective mobility tools designed with more grip to better track to the skin and stay put when rolling. Your foam roller just got upgraded. Sexy, durable, portable myofascial release tools for the athlete that wants to improve performance and recover faster. Get the edge at yourjointsshouldnthurt.com. All right, well, it's finally here. The 2017 race season is just about to start with the SoCal Super and Sprint weekend coming up uh, in just a few days. If you're running it, I hope you're excited and, and ready to get out there and, and start the season off right. I'm going to be missing this one. I'm, I'm a little bummed, but I can't be too upset because uh, my family's going to be going on a cruise. So I'm going to be working on my tan for this weekend, and then I will be hitting the uh, Arizona Super next month. So I won't be missing out too long, but I'm sure I'm going to be a little bit jealous when I see some posts on Facebook of, of medals and shirts and and all the fun that was had this weekend. But if you're running, to the best of luck to you. Remember, use this first one as your baseline. Um, figure out where your weaknesses are, how your training's been going. Just use it as a test to gauge uh, so you know what you need to change for your next race coming up. And if you need some last-minute training advice, we have another awesome episode for you. This week on the show, our resource of the week, I'm going to talk about a, a cool app to help train your workout intensities by monitoring your heart rate. In our research review, we're going to talk about rhythmic breathing and how it can make you a better runner. And then finally, in our SGX coaches interview, I have coach Brian Ginger Spartan, the other half of Fitness Without Limits. We had uh, his partner, Bonnie Spartan, on uh, a few episodes ago. And this week, I have coach Brian on to talk about a variety of different topics. He goes into how he lost over 100 pounds. And if you're trying to lose weight, how Spartan racing and Spartan race training can play a role in that whole process. He even gets into some great nutritional tips for weight loss that won't leave you run down for your training and your racing by just cutting a ton of calories to try and lose weight. He goes over some great strategies on how to improve your running. This is particularly important if you just find that you're, you struggle with running or you're not as big a fan of running. Some great strategies to help overcome that, that struggle that I know I personally can relate to. Uh, he also goes over an awesome plan for 2017, so getting ready for this race season, how to make, th make it through it with the best performance ever while staying healthy the entire year. Lots of more training tips and even goes into some lessons that he learned from being on Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken Skull Challenge. So lots of great info from Coach Brian in the interview this week, plus a whole lot more in this week's show. All right, and this week's resource of the week, I wanted to share a cool app I've been playing around with. The app's called MotiFit, M-O-T-I Fit, and it's a, a training app that monitors your heart rate. So you do need a heart rate monitor for this. I've been personally using the Apple Watch, which normally I don't think is a great heart rate monitor, but it seems to be working pretty well with this app to give you different training intensities. So I'm just mentioning this app because I think so far it's working pretty well to measure your different training zones that you might be going for. But really I want to use the point of this section is to make sure you're using something to track your different intensities. And I think heart rate monitoring is just an, a great and simple way to do it. So whether you're using an app or just a, a regular old school heart rate monitor, something to continually track your progress and your intensities with your workouts. So lots of uh, previous episodes, I've talked about how not all workouts are created equal and some training you need to be high intensity, some should be low, some should be moderate. And the best way to do that is by monitoring your heart rate so you know if you're hitting different intensities. And I just thought this was a cool app, really user-friendly, simple to use. Once you go through the workout, you can look at your progress and see where you spent the most amount of your time. So it'll mark uh, your different training intensities. 
Here they just use a, a fitness level, an endurance level, hardcore, or redline, and that represents 60, 70, 80, or 90% of your, your max heart rate using an estimation, but still it, it's a pretty reliable tool that you can use to help with your training. So if I want to be doing interval training, I know I need to be hitting that red line, that 90% or so. And if I don't see intensities that high, I'm not getting the benefits of my interval training. Or maybe I'm trying to do more lactate training, and I know I need to bump that down a little bit lower to around 70%. So I'm trying to hit something around that intensity. Or if I'm trying to work on more um, fat burning capabilities and endurance, I'm going to keep the intensity kind of low and go for longer duration. So I know I want to keep that heart rate a little bit lower and this is a cool app that i can use to to monitor my progress and monitor my training intensities and the cool thing that you should see is you can run faster eventually once you start training like this but you're going to be doing it at lower heart rates so in order for me to get to higher levels like my 80 and 90 percent i'm going to have to find more challenging ways to do that whether that's run faster or hills or weighted vest, whatever it might be, I need to challenge myself more to get the same heart rate response. So Motifit is the name of the app. I know there's a ton of different ones out there, but really make sure you're doing something with your heart rate so you can start being more precise with your different training intensities. All right, in this week's research review, we're going to talk about rhythmic breathing. Now, this has a couple of different names. You might have heard of rhythmic breathing, maybe something like cadence breathing, or if you want to get more scientific, locomotor respiratory coordination or coupling. Um, but all it means is you're actually timing your, your breathing with the steps you take while running or walking. And I found a, a pretty interesting study talking about this topic. It's from 2013, the journal Plus One. It was called Impact Loading and Locomotor Respiratory Con coordination significantly influence breathing dynamics in running human. So this is a pretty neat concept and it's been around for a little bit while a little while now. But when they look at different animals like vertebrates and, and mammals, where they look at how they breathe and how they run or gallop, they notice that they breathe in sync with their running. So like in uh, quadruped mammalians, they'll do like a, a one to one. So every breath will occur at every step. And they found that it's interesting that humans don't necessarily do this the same way. We have more of a um, relaxed breathing style where some do have it synced and some don't. And they wanted to find, well, is there any benefit to doing this type of, of breathing while, while running? And what they did was they took 14 subjects and had them run for a, a pace that they can maintain for 30 minutes. So this was just a self-selected pace. And they wanted to look at, was there any difference if they just breathe randomly or they actually sync their breaths with their steps? And they found some pretty interesting things. Uh, and the main things they found were that when they focused on breathing with the steps, they actually saw a, a reduced work of the respiratory muscles, prevented respiratory fatigue, and improved respiratory efficiency through enhanced gas exchange. So I know that sounds like a mouthful, so I just wanted to break that down so it, it's more practical and makes sense. So when we look at what they found in their respiratory fatigue, just think of this as your breathing muscles getting tired. Now, for a while, it was thought that these muscles were built for endurance and they weren't really going to fatigue, at least to the point that would reduce performance. If, if you were going to be affected by fatigue, it'd be these bigger muscles like of your quadricep and your thighs and and arms, you know, whatever you're doing, and that was limiting performance, not the muscles from that are helping you breathe, but they're actually finding that that's actually not true, and respiratory muscles actually can reduce performance, and you may have felt this before where you don't feel like your legs are giving out, but you just feel like you're having a hard time getting the air in and out, and this could be respiratory fatigue, or it could be that gas exchange, so uh, what they're finding in, in this rhythmic breathing or cadence breathing techniques, you're actually getting a reduction in the fatigue to these respiratory muscles um, and less work. So you're more efficient and you don't have to use more as much energy with these breathing patterns. Now, respiratory fatigue primarily comes into play with uh, two types of exercise. This would be very long duration type of training and, and or high intensity work. In those two situations, you're going to have the most common 
or most likelihood of these muscles fatiguing that could reduce performance. And that's kind of what a Spartan race is. You're going to be doing high intensity work and you're going to be doing long duration work. So this is something that you want to train. Now, even though it's mainly in the, those two situations, it's something that you want to practice all the time. So when you get into a race situation, you are prepared and you, you just feel more comfortable doing this cadence type breathing. And we'll get into the specifics in a little bit, but I did want to touch on that gas exchange as well. And just remember, that's kind of the whole purpose of us breathing is this gas exchange. When you breathe oxygen in, we're going to bring it into the lungs. We need that oxygen to get into the blood, into the bloodstream, and then to the muscles that, that need it for energy production. And we also need to get carbon dioxide and other waste products out. So we need that good gas exchange. And that was one of the things they found with this breathing technique. You were actually able to increase the efficiency of that gas exchange and you're you're able to take deeper breaths when you do this type of breathing and most people kind of have that panic breath where they're heavy chest breathers and very shallow breathers where they're not really getting air deep into the lungs and when you think about it we need the air we need the oxygen to get into the blood and when you're standing because of gravity most of the blood is going to be towards the bottom of your lungs, right? Because gravity is pulling it down. So we need that air to get in deep enough so it can exchange and get into the bloodstream. And if you're just taking a deep, or I'm sorry, a shallow chest breath, you're not really giving the oxygen a chance to get in the blood and then giving the carbon dioxide a chance to get out. So these breathing techniques are just another way to get a little bit deeper breath, Try and focus more on diaphragmatic breathing when possible, but just making it more efficient so we're actually getting more oxygen in to create more energy and then getting waste products like carbon dioxide out. And oftentimes you see somebody, especially when they are new to exercise, they almost look like they're hyperventilating and they essentially are. They're having a really hard time getting that air in and, and getting the oxygen in and the carbon dioxide out. So they almost are starting to have a little bit of anxiety and a panic attack, and that obviously is going to affect performance. So the idea is we keep our breathing under control, which keeps our central nervous system calm, our parasympathetic activity increased, and we're less likely to panic, we'll have less anxiety, and now I can keep my heart rate a little bit lower, even though I might be starting to bump up the intensity a little bit. So all of these things are related, and it kind of all starts with the breath. So when you get this breathing pattern down, it's amazing the effects you're going to see on performance. And I'm talking a lot of physiologic, uh, physiological adaptations to this, but psychologically it's going to help as well. And it's almost a distraction sometimes, where you're just focused so focused on your breath that you're not thinking as much about, well, now my legs are getting tired or my arms or whatever it might be. You're focusing on your breath, you're staying relaxed, and you're going to be more efficient, less wasted energy, and ultimately maximize your performance by, by mastering these different breathing techniques. So now that we talked the science behind the breathing, we need to get a little bit more specific on, well, what cadence should we do and, and what exactly is rhythmic breathing? And unfortunately, we don't have a great answer yet. And when you look at the research, we, we see lots of variation there. So I think more research is needed to know the perfect breathing cadence with your running. But I have a feeling it's going to also really play a role in, in variability. And everybody's going to be a little bit different based on their, their running form, their, their gait mechanics, their, their breathing patterns. But the, just the idea of having some type of rhythm with your breath, regardless of what that rhythm is, I think is going to go a long way. Now, when you, when you look at the different research, you'll see a, um, when you look at an elite runner running at higher intensities, they're going to do about a two to one uh, ratio where they're going to inhale for two steps, exhale for one step. So if their left foot hits the ground first, they'll start their inhale. Then their right foot's going to hit the ground. They're going to keep inhaling. And then as that left foot hits the ground again, they exhale and then they repeat the pattern on their right foot. Um, that would be for more high intensity, faster running. If you're doing more of a moderate to slow pace, like a jog, you're probably going to see a, a slower cadence. It's going to be more like a three to three, right? So every three steps you're going to inhale and then every three steps you're going to exhale. I think this is something that you just have to play around with a little bit to see what works best for you. Some people claim that it's best to pick an odd number like that two to one or three to two or something like that where now you're gonna alternate where the breathing occurs. 
So um, I'll try to explain that so it makes more sense. But let's say I do a, a three to two. So I'm gonna inhale for three. So when I my left foot hits the ground, I start my inhale, then my right foot's gonna hit the ground, then my left foot. So that's my three, um, three steps for my inhale, and then I'm gonna exhale for two. So as my right foot hits the ground again, I'm gonna start my exhale, my left foot hits the ground, I finish my exhale, and then when my right foot hits the ground again, I repeat now starting on the opposite foot. So that way you alternate which, which foot you're breathing in and out with. Some people claim that'll give them better balance so they're not stuck on one side dominant. Um, again, there's not a ton of research on this. It's more anecdotal and personal preference. Um, so that's something you can play around with too. But in the beginning, I think just getting a pattern down. Um, me personally, I, I even think going the other way might be beneficial for some people, going like a two-three ratio. So you're gonna inhale for two steps, exhale for three, and just keep repeating that pattern. That just helps us focus on getting longer exhalation. I think most people and most of the clients I see are kind of stuck on this inhaling where they, they just have raised shoulders, they're chest breathers, and they, they can't really get a deep breath in, but especially can't get a deep breath out. So it makes us focus more on that exhalation. So they'll do a, a two second inhale, or I'm sorry, a two step inhale, a three step exhale, and they just keep repeating that pattern there. Um, if all this is confusing, and I know it's a little bit hard to explain without video, I'm going to post a video in the show notes and an article where you can see a little bit more about this and some different techniques and uh, a cool video to help you practice uh, this breathing pattern really before you even try running. There's a couple drills that you can do laying on your back, practicing diaphragmatic breathing, and then once you get that down, you actually march in place on your back just practicing how many steps you're gonna take with each breath. And a really simple way to start this before you get out on the road or on the trail and practice it. But when you're ready, I highly recommend playing around with this. It's amazing how much more energy you're gonna feel when you get this breathing pattern down. Like I said, if nothing else, it's a distraction, but there are probably some physiological benefits to matching your breathing patterns with your steps. So definitely give it a try. All right, guys, it is time for the SGX Coaches interview, and this week I am with Coach Brian Ginger Spartan. Coach Brian is the co-owner of Fitness Without Limits, and if that sounds familiar, uh, just a couple episodes ago we had his partner in crime, Coach Bonnie Spartan, on, and uh, together they do make an awesome duo, and chances are you've probably run into or at least seen Coach Brian somewhere, especially if you've been on the West Coast for maybe one of the SoCal races or other parts of the country. Um, Coach Bonnie and Brian uh, are everywhere. They're living the Spartan lifestyle. They're helping others. They're volunteering at just about every race, uh, helping out with the workout tours. And uh, if, if you haven't seen him at a race, you might have seen him on TV. And he was on uh, Bone School Challenge. He talks about his experience with that and really he, how he's just being an, an awesome role model and how he lost over 100 pounds and found coaching and Spartan racing to uh, embrace that type of lifestyle and help share it with others. So I, I really hope you guys enjoy this interview. Coach Brian's passion really does come through and, and you're going to get a ton out of this. All right, I'm here with Coach Brian Ginger Spartan. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. How about yourself? Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for jumping on this call with me right now. Oh, man, what a pleasure. All right, awesome. So we're going to dive into a, a ton of different stuff on uh, a lot of different topics. So, uh, But before we get going, if you don't mind, just in case uh, any of our listeners haven't heard of you before, just uh, give them a quick bio and uh, background on uh, just how you got into Spartan racing and how you got into fitness in general. Uh, my story, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a lot of people's stories out there, which makes me so passionate about everything we do. Uh, started out at age 28, uh, overweight, uh, all kinds of issues, hypertension, uh, pre-diabetic doctor says, start doing something about your health or your health is going to do something about you. And, uh, that kind of kicked me in the pants to like get into a gym, start doing stuff. But, uh, I definitely took it the, the right way cause I fell in love with it. Uh, a couple of years later started uh, thinking, I want to be a trainer. I want to motivate people to do what I just did. I lost over 100 pounds. Awesome. And uh, I, I was one of the people where, I, when I fall in love with something, I literally just start reading and like gaining information and like whatever I can do to like take it to the next level. 
So uh, that's where I started. Um, from then on, I got into like bodybuilding, strength and conditioning, uh, bulked up, you know, went down to 180, bulked up to 230, back and down, up and down. I uh, was a trainer at several gyms, ran a gym for a while. Uh, it wasn't until probably about 2013 when a friend of mine says, hey, have you heard of this Spartan race? It's OCR. And like everybody else, I'm like, what's that? <laughs> so uh, here I am, 230 pounds, big bulked out bodybuilding guy doing my first um, five mile OCR race Spartan in Temecula. And it was the most horrible yet awesome thing I've ever done. <laughs> Uh, there's nothing like being 230 pounds and being a strong guy and being winded, being exhausted. The Atlas stone was still really heavy because <laughs> you have, you have no form how to carry that thing. You know, I mean, i I lifted dumbbells. I've never lifted a stone. So, um, that was, uh, that was started for me. He talked me into doing another one and then backed out. It was uh, Las Vegas in March and I literally drove all the way up to Vegas myself. Uh, did the race, drove all the way back to work at the bar that night. <laughs> wow. So uh, from then, I just, I literally have fallen in love with the sport, the, the community, uh, the camaraderie, everybody's there for everybody. It's, it's where it's, in my opinion, I think Joe or somebody said, this is a sport where, you know, everybody competes on the same battlefield, level battlefield. Uh, either you're the super fast, strong, you know, pro elite guy, or the guy who's running his very first race, but you're doing all the same obstacles. You're covering all the same distances. So it's it's one of those sports that you you can actually do that. You can't do that on any other sport. So uh, that for me is just it's made me so passionate about it and and want to help other people become involved in it and and do it and and really change their lives through this sport. Awesome. So uh, I always like meant or asking your so your first race was a little bit of a challenge. Um, how many burpees did you have to do, if you remember? You know, I think I blacked out on the burpee count. Uh, <laughs> I just, I did more, I, I did, I literally, I couldn't do a rope climb because I've never climbed a rope. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know I struggled with the wall climbs. Uh, there was really, being that big and that strong, but not having any solid base of running or anything else, I, I probably did close to a couple hundred, um, mm-hmm. without a doubt. And not, not to mention, I actually never did a burpee in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you're just like, wait, what do I do? Uh, What's a burpee? You want me to just throw myself to the ground and then jump back up? Oh, I can do that. (laughs) Oh, wait, again? (laughs) Um, 30. Yeah. Yeah. And I I just always like to bring that up because sometimes we always, uh, you know, people might think of a coach as, oh, you're going to breeze through this. No problem. But we all started at the same place, you know? A, a couple of years or you know five ten years ago none of us knew what a spartan was and um oh, absolutely when you're getting out there it, you, we were all just taking guesses on what this was and um we all messed up and no matter how yeah. in shape you are or fit you are these races are going to test you and and you're going to mess up and that's okay that's the whole point it's so yeah, that, I mean, to, even today we still mess up you know i, I practice the spear throw all the time in castaic i miss the spear throw i yeah. mean you know we, you know, we all started somewhere and had the struggles and even, you know, today, you know, I've raced so many races. I've even raced races as elite. I still have the struggles, you know, we all are progressing and getting better over time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's always great to, uh, sometimes when people hear the, like that word elite, they're like, Oh, I can never do it. And, but when you're out there, it's not everybody, you know, you're going to have your, your studs out there that are just going to go and, and crush it. But a lot of people are, are struggling with with some of those obstacles in in the in the elite heat even so it's um it, i always like to remind my clients like i know this can be intimidating right especially if you've never done it before but don't worry everyone on that course is going to struggle with something you know some people aren't great runners oh absolutely you know they might be awesome on the yeah. rig but they they can't run and that's their struggle and and vice versa so there's always something we're dealing with and that's the whole point of training and and why so many of us do this to get yeah. better at it I mean, at any level, you're struggling with one, you know, facet or another of, of the sport. Like you said, I'm not the strongest of runners. I'm a strong guy, but not the strongest of runners. So that's been my, that's what I'm going to get better at. I'm going to be a faster, more consistent runner and make it 13, you know, whatever miles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, awesome. Well, I want to go back. So you lost, lost the weight actually before you started doing any, anything with Spartan racing, correct? Yes. 
So I a little yeah, off sport. topic, but so what did it take? Because a hundred pounds is is a big deal. So what what kind of things were you doing? Because I know a lot of our listeners are probably in a boat where they're they're doing Spartan races, you know, to have fun, but also maybe as a way to to lose lose a few pounds in the process. You know, for me, it was pretty much the way I preach it to my clients. Um, I tell them, I go, it's it's a lifestyle change. Um, you're obviously, if you're that extremely overweight, you're living the wrong lifestyle. Uh, for me, my 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 death was uh, it was sodas. I would drink a two liter soda a day. So I said, okay, this is what's killing you. I got to stop doing that. I basically started making little changes and you know physically being active day after day after day. And then my goal was to my goal was actually to lose more than 100 pounds. But when I got down, because for a five foot ten, I should actually be 170, 175 pounds. So 180 was kind of like it was okay. Mm-hmm. But at 180, I looked really skinny. So <laughs> go figure <laughs> that. Uh, but uh, at, at 180, uh, you know, to get to that weight, I had to make a lot of changes: diet, active, and like I said, I was I was a mechanic. So you know, all day you're just crawling around cars really not doing anything super active just to go home and sit on the couch. Yeah. So I had to basically change that, you know, every day you're gonna do something active, you're gonna go to the gym, you're gonna go on a bike ride, you're gonna go running. And, and people don't, you know, what I try to get them to understand is just doing that, it, it helps, you know, going out for a bike ride, going out for a walk, you know, you're changing your lifestyle, so do something you wouldn't normally do. Normally I'd go home, sit on the couch, drink some soda, watch TV. Nope, instead I'm gonna go for a hike with some friends. Uh, I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to go for a bicycle ride. Well, I didn't do a lot of running back then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I would do something I wouldn't normally do, change of lifestyle. I mean, and I like I tell people all the time, you know, if you know me now, you didn't know me then, my lifestyle is 180% different or 80 degree difference than what it was back then. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And it's just just living that healthier lifestyle. Nice. Uh, and I'm assuming you work with people probably who are trying to lose weight and and race at the same time, correct? Yes, um, I I currently I'm a, I am a trainer for uh, a gym uh, locally, but then I also work with uh, OCR athletes. Uh, we we get a lot of beginners, which I love. I love beginners. I love my elite people too, but I love my beginners. They look at a rope and they are like, "You want me to do what with this? I want you to climb it." <laughs> And we we're not in the 1950s where everybody knows how to climb a rope. You know, we stopped doing that in school. So they look at that rope. They're like, uh, okay. And the the reason why I love working with newbies is they're so excited. They're so pumped about their first race. They're scared. They're excited. There's so much emotion going on. When you teach them something, like when someone gets up the rope for the first time, I've never heard anybody loud, so excited and so, you know, like generally excited about getting up a rope. Uh, but their first time they can't help themselves. So working with a lot of newbies, um, and you know, they look at me and I don't feel like I've been doing this that long, but I've definitely raced a lot of races. They look at me as like, this guy knows it all. And and that's all they want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Oh, what what should I expect about this race? Or what should I do about this race? And if anybody's ever met me, all I ever do is talk about races. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly why we wanted to get you on here. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I, I become the race guru, but I mean, because I love the I love it so much. You know, I mean, you can't help it. You yeah. if you walk up to me and say Spartan, I hope you have a good you know half hour to an hour to sit there and talk about Spartan or <laughs> you know any any other obstacle course racing out there. I mean, Rugged Maniac. We have so many sports that or so many companies that put on these great races. If you mention them to me, I hope you have time to talk about it because yeah. that's what I would do. All right, and we definitely have time now, so. I'm glad. That <laughs> um, but <We're> good. <laughs> yeah, going with um, uh, just to to back up, like working with with a new person who who's never done anything like this before. The cool thing is that, yeah, like seeing a rope climb for the first time is super intimidating. But when you when you don't know how to do something and you hire a coach, it's amazing how fast you pick it up. And that's that's the cool thing I I think with working a begin with a beginner is they see these just dramatic changes immediately where you know when you have an elite athlete just to get that extra inch you got to work your butt off and and really push it because you've already made kind of got that low-hanging fruit but when you're just getting started once you have a little bit of direction and guidance like you just start to crush these obstacles oh yeah and and when you have a coach to to break it down for you and show you 
hey, you know, try this, this, and this. And I mean, to you, you've never done this. You wouldn't have thought about that. And you're like, oh my gosh, now this makes so much sense. And there you go. You just completed the obstacle. The the feeling to complete it, you know, in practice is is absolutely nothing compared to completing it on a race. Oh, yeah. Uh, we do a, a lot of races. Uh, my partner and I, Bonnie, uh, we do a lot of races with our clients. And I think that is way better than, you know, racing my elite race in the morning is racing that race in the afternoon with our clients and seeing them get up that rope and and seeing them climb over that wall by themselves unassisted it's the greatest thing that they get uh as themselves of completing an obstacle they never thought they could but in in you know in return for us as coaches you know uh seeing our work you know our client bust their butt get their hump over that wall and just you know it's actually really gratifying to myself awesome so uh, going back to uh, just weight loss, um, if if you're working with somebody that that's trying to lose weight and they're interested in Spartan racing, like how does how does that fit together, and and what what role does Spartan race races and, and training come into that the whole process? You know, it, as a sport it is concerned, in my in my opinion, I think it's a great tool for for weight loss. Um, it's the one sport where you're not required to be the strongest person. Or the fastest runner, but you you definitely need to be a you have a solid cardio base and you know have somewhat strength you know grip strength uh, you know stamina endurance to get through an entire race. Well, it's it's really hard if you weigh a certain amount. Um, so training just training for a race is going to require you to do you know we do bucket carries. Uh, so you're climbing a hill with a bucket in your hand. That's you know strength and endurance. Uh, you will lose a lot of weight just training for a race Mm -hmm. doing that from, you know, we do runs with our clients. We do hikes with our clients, just training for a race. If you're doing it right, you're well, which is not hard to do, (laughs) go (laughs) climb a mountain. It's really easy to do. Uh, you will see weight loss. Um, and, and then that's where we, and then we dive into, you know, we, we also talk nutrition, you know, proper eating and stuff like that. Cause you know, training and, and nutrition go hand in hand for anybody who's trying to lose weight. Mm-hmm. But uh, we've had a lot of clients who, you know, in the, the effort of just getting through a race, they weren't really thinking about weight loss, but in an effort to get ready for the race, train for the race, they're putting in the time, they're putting in the mileage, they see weight loss. Like, I just wanted to survive the 5.5, the sprint in, you know, in, uh, in Temecula, and I lost, you know, 50 pounds. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. You know, it's the side effect of training for the sport. Yeah. So, um, you brought up nutrition. So just going back to that real quick, um, do you have any tips or strategies maybe that, cause if, if we're just decreasing calories, which a lot of people are going to do to, to try and lose weight that might, might affect some of their training or, or maybe they're going to do a beast and they think that they can only eat, you know, 1200 calories a day or something like that. Um, any, any tips or recommendations where we can, still get some good nutrition, but not like kill ourselves or, or have no energy for, for the workout or for, for the races? You know, and when I come, when it comes to calories and myself, I, I don't believe in cutting calories. Okay. Um, especially with training for the sport, you need that fuel. You are going to burn, burn, burn. However, I mean, it's, it's, it's smart nutrition, you know, uh, a cheeseburger as opposed to a, a garden salad or, you know, something, a sweet potato, uh, the proper of healthy carbs. Yes, there are such things as healthy carbs <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, lean meats, uh, your proteins and all that stuff. But keep definitely keeping your calories up. If you're, you know, if you're at a point where you're training for a race and you're running five to 10 miles a day, three times a week, you need nutrition. You know, I mean, uh, some of the, the you know top, you know, elite athletes that I know of eat way more than I do. And that's and that's because they're burning it off. They need that fuel. You don't want to do a five mile run with nothing in your system. Mm-hmm. So when we talk nutrition, it's not I don't talk calories. I tell them I want you eating, you know, I want you eating solid five meals a day. I mean, a healthy breakfast, a mid morning snack, a good lunch, uh, a mid afternoon snack and a good dinner. Uh, if you're training, you're going for a long run, we're going to up your, you know, you're going to do a big bowl of oatmeal in the morning, but healthy, healthy, good, um, fuel. I mean, we're putting this in our body. We're going to burn it right off. So don't look at it as like, I need to, to go down to a thousand calories and train five days a week, two hours a day with Brian on Hills. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not going to make it. It's counterintuitive to cut your calorie base down. And then train like you know a Spartan warrior, <laughs> yeah, yeah. per se. 
So, I mean, we thought, we just talked more about like, you know, uh, I always say, you know, greens, uh, fruits, uh, it's almost like, uh, there's a lot of different types of diets out there. I don't buy into diets, but I do buy into, uh, you know, paleo S diets, um, eating healthy meats, vegetables, fruits, stuff like that without, you know, like sacrificing. I, I definitely don't believe, even though my coach, coach Bonnie with fitness without limits yells at me all the time that I don't eat enough carbs. She's like, you need to eat more carbs, more carbs, more carbs. So <laughs> I, uh, I definitely, that's my struggle because I come from the bodybuilder aspect where we didn't do as high carbs cause we were always trying to be, you know, leaner. Mm-hmm. Well, in this sport, it's not about that. You need that fuel to perform better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, kind of what you brought up where when people are trying to lose weight, they talk about cutting and eliminating and what can I take out of my diet when sometimes it's more important to focus on what can you actually add into your diet, whether it's water, fruits, vegetables, lean proteins or whatever. And you'll naturally start to take out the bad stuff when you focus on, on the good stuff to get in there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's fueling the fire to, you know, to burn, you know, substance. Awesome. And, and the other thing with, you know, that body belt, bodybuilder mentality, which, you know, a lot of guys especially have where, you know, we're just eating for bigger muscles. Sometimes it's hard to break that thought process or, or shift your paradigm where, yeah, we, we can still train and, and look good, but that's not our primary focus. We're trying to move better so we can race better and, and have better fueling. But, you know, some people just struggle with that where they, they're so caught up in the calories, you know, calories in, calories out. And, and I want all this to look good, but, you know, sometimes you have to pick you know, do you want to be yeah. a bodybuilder? Then, then go that route. That's cool. You know, you don't. And it's, it's definitely a mindset. I mean, me personally, this is still, it's still a struggle all these years later is I had that, you know, bodybuilder mindset when I started, it's, you know, I was going to eat a certain amount of carbs, a certain amount of protein, something like this. Well, I'm an OCR racer. That's not how we train anymore. You need mm-hmm. that fuel. You need to rethink what you're eating. Um, and you need to prep for it. You know, the, the next day you're racing, you need to make sure you're carb loading. Uh, carb loading as a bodybuilder what is that <laughs> you know so it's 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 definitely a whole different it's a whole different type of training a whole different type of nutrition but as long as you you know if you take your mind off the whole i need to lose weight i need to lose weight and focus on you know i need to eat for what i'm training for the the weight loss will come i mean yeah. if you're training hard enough and you're doing all the right stuff it will happen okay so the uh 2017 is here and i think everybody listening i'm sure is getting excited about race season coming up i'm sure you are as well i i'm I'm super jazzed uh last year i uh towards the end of the year and this has to do with improper training i kind of uh put myself in the injured category uh with some uh i put on too much weight and um this was training for something put on too much weight and end up putting knots in my leg the knots ran down my it band causing knee issues Mm. so I, uh, through, you know, that learning curve, I'm, I'm back now. I've learned how to properly foam roll. I've learned how to, uh, run better nutrition, all that stuff, you know, still, still trying to figure out this whole, like becoming a faster, you know, quicker OCR elite guy. Uh, I'm, I'm jazzed about 2017. I'm feeling better, ready to go, uh, diving in the training. Like, you know, like I'm ready for it to happen tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, totally agree. And, uh, so what, what would be some tips, either like things that you're personally working on or maybe some strategies that you would uh, give to your clients to just kind of prepare for, for this race season? Uh, we have we actually have a, a couple of clients uh, running their first race here coming up uh, the end of January in Elsinore. And uh, they're, they're jazzed about it, uh, but a lot of them, you know, actually all of them are gym rats. So I'm working my best to take them outside of the gym. We're going to start running. Running? What's that? (laughs) I said we will be running because there will be running in between obstacles. Uh, The most thing is the most thing I find that a lot of people uh, don't work on enough is uh, train for endurance. Okay, Uh, you want to go up to an obstacle, you want to complete that obstacle, and you want to run on. Uh, You want to try to have that gas tank where you can keep going and going and going and going because at the end of the day, that's what's going to have you finish the 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 course. Depending on how much time you have to train for an, for a race, a lot of my clients that are training for this one, they don't have enough time to develop the, you know, the specific, you know, grip strength to complete every single monkey, you know, the monkey bars of rig and stuff like that. We're practicing on it, but it requires a little bit more practice and before this race. 
Um, but as for myself, uh, training, I, I've been diving into my running. My running has always been my victim. I'm, I'm strong enough to run a burpee free race, uh, and finish all obstacles, but I get really tired. The running, uh, I want to be faster, uh, finding that, that stride of being faster and stronger has definitely been my go-to. Gotcha. Uh, I spent a lot of time, uh, I used to spend a lot of time breaking up my workouts where I would run here. And then I would do strength training here. But what I thought would be more functional was to combine them. Mm -hmm. So I've gotten into the method of do an exercise uh, with a weight, uh, maybe a hundred pound sandbag, you know, uh, squat thrusters, and then run a mile. Mm -hmm. Come back and do, you know, rope climbs and run a mile. So running, uh, my strategies changed a little bit as opposed to. I can run five miles at this pace and then I can train for an hour with strength training. Now I'm combining them to see if, you know, see if this works. There's, there's no manual for training. It's just, there's a bunch of different methods and, you know, everybody, you know, um, everybody basically reacts differently to the different kinds of methods and what they're trying to work on. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the reason I started this podcast was because this, it's a, a new sport and, there, there is no like proven where you do this and a hundred percent of the time it's going to work for a hundred percent of people. And it's, that never happens in just about anything, but, um, yeah. cause I know how I train and, and I like it and that's why I do it. But I know there's other things out there that I could definitely add in or, or take away or whatever. So, um, and, and that's what I want the listeners of this to, to get is that you need to explore, you need to try new things. If you've been doing the same workout for the last 10 years, there's a good chance you've you've gotten all you can out of that workout, and you're you're just. If you've been doing it that long, then you definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, since I, I I tell my clients all the time, I go, look, there's no way to keep doing the same workout over and over. I can't count count how many in 13 years of training myself since I started losing weight, how many times. Yes, I'm I'm 41 and I started at 28, so I'm it's been a long time. How many different workouts I have changed to? I've done CrossFit, I've done strength and endurance, I've done. Um, Olympic lifting, uh, now this whole new type of training for an OCR race with endurance strength tied into one single workout or one single wad is, is definitely different. Mm -hmm. But, uh, there is no one, you know, one workout that works for everybody. And over time you have to change it up. You have to keep, you know, evolving with your, your body, your body changes and you have to evolve with that type of training. Uh, not to mention your goals change. Mm -hmm. um, and if your goals change, your workouts got to change. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, you brought up a bunch of good stuff there that I at least want to reiter reiterate. Um, and that uh, training adaptations take time that you talked about and how, you know, we have a race coming up in a couple weeks and it's it might be their first one. And we're not saying, you know, don't train at all because you're not going to have any of these um, physiological adaptations that will occur in just a couple weeks, but you're practicing, you're just getting them comfortable or at least a little yeah, bit absolutely. more comfortable with, with some of the things so they know what to expect. But I think that's important for, for people to realize is, you know, things like improving endurance, building strength, um, all of those things, they, they take time, you know, weeks. Yeah. And, and, months, and it, yeah. And I like the, the, like where you went with that on that. Um, as far as like, you know, your first race, just train the best that you can. And after that race, look at what you had struggled with and then you will gear your training towards that. Mm -hmm. Um, really with a first race, there's really no way to know what you're going, you're going up against or what you're going to be really good at or what you're going to fail at mm -hmm. because out there on the race course, it's a whole different world than practicing for that actual race. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and you'll never really know what you're going to see. Like, okay, you know, there's going to be a spear and, and bucket and walls, but yeah, when is that? Is the spear going to be the first thing or the last thing is a absolutely is be a, a eight foot wall or you, you never really quite sure what's going to come up i mean one thing i've noticed uh, at least last year was the hoist you know mm -hmm. they just didn't want to pick a, a constant weight from race to race where it, it was it seems like the rope's getting smaller and the weight changes every time yeah yeah where, is that what you're saying <laughs> yeah yeah like and you know there's some races where i couldn't even I, like, I'll like jump up and just try and use my body weight to at least get it going. And then when you jump up and you're just hanging there, you're like, all right, this is not going to be a good one. Um, and then other ones, I, I've been you, lucky yeah. with that one because I, I weigh enough and I've had a strong enough back to like get that thing down. 
But I swear, every single every single race that the rope is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Oh yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's just uh, it's one of those things where you know you just you grip it. I, I say grip it and rip it and just mm-hmm. do the best you can. Yeah. But yeah. I have seen a lot of guys hanging from it, and I'm like, I don't know how you're gonna do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, just gain weight midair. But um. Well, it's with and there's a lot of elite racers who weigh half of what the weight does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I see them struggle with it, I'm like, man. But, uh, you know, if I'm running like open wave and I see, you know, a client or somebody struggle with it, I run over there. I'm like, hey, you grab the top. I grab the bottom. Yeah. And that yeah. you can you can do that. But it's 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 interesting to me that the weight is so inaccurate. It's often, you know, changes. Mm-hmm. And to see, a, you know, one of my favorite elite racers dangling from the rope, sitting there going, come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing you brought up was, you know, keep mixing up your workouts and i think what a lot of people do is they they do their normal workout that they've been doing for months or years and and a lot of it is probably based off of bodybuilding type workouts where you know they're doing lots of bench press or bicep curls or leg extension something like that and their main change that they'll make for ocr racing is they're just going to do it harder or or try and go heavier or maybe more endurance but they stick with that same workout and i love the idea or the simple thing that you brought up was to get out of the gym and yeah. just that change right there could give you just drastic results. You know, and that's something I see too, is, is everybody, everybody who without, you know, any kind of, you know, basic knowledge of working out or training for something, they, you know, I'm doing the Spartan race. I read about it. I really don't know anybody that who does it, but I'm going to train for it. And they'll come in and they'll, you know, I'm going to lift heavier on my bicep curls. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bench press more. Uh, you know, and they're just doing whatever they usually do, like you said, uh, just a little bit harder when it, you know, the, the wall climb doesn't care how much you can bench press, you know, <laughs> the, uh, the Hercules hoist doesn't care how big your biceps are. It, it, it all, it, there's technique, there's strength that you have to build from, from changing up your workout, trying something different, trying something new. Uh, whenever I see anybody who, you know, says I'm running a Spartan and, and I ask them what their workout is, I'm like, nope, nope, we're changing it. Yeah. I don't care who you are. We're changing it. This is what we're going to do is we're going to do. Cause that, you know, that the regular bodybuilding mentality, it plays nowhere in the sport. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And, um, uh, you, you brought up your weakness and cause it's actually my weakness too. And that's running. And I, I'm always still, shocked. it's a lot of people's weaknesses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's so funny because I, I don't like running. Uh, you know, it's just not not something I'm very passionate about. I love racing. I don't know why, you know, just that mentality changes when I know there's something you know, else. That's they say come there's up. a runner's high. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you. I think no. there's a runner's high. I haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I and I've I'm run still, many, many miles. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm definitely still waiting for that one, too. But, <laughs> but it, you know, I, I just always like how, uh, like how I've seen that in myself where I've always hated running. You know, I, I I tell people I was a track athlete in college, but I was really a high jumper. Like I'll jump over mm-hmm. anything, but you asked me to run, you know, I did an eight step approach. That was, I ran to the bar, eight steps, jumped, and then I rested like 30 minutes until I had to jump again. That, <laughs> that was what I was used to. And then to run a mile was like, oh, this sounds terrible. Yeah. And then two miles, then I did a couple five Ks. I'm like, I really, really don't like this. Um, <laughs> and then all of a sudden with the Spartan races, I'm like, I, I'll do a beast. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to run super fast, but I'll get out there because it's a bunch of obstacles and I'm just going to run from one to the next. And I don't know, that mentality is a little, a little different for me, but. It, it, and it is, I mean, it, it, honestly, this sport, it, it's a runner sport. I mean, it's a runner sport tied in with a lot of, you know, strength, uh, components where it, it helps to be both, but in the long run, becoming a better runner is it's beneficial to you because it'll make your, your race that much better. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I wanted to ask you, going off of running, any specific things that you're you're doing or, or trying to do to improve your running? Because I'm always looking for new new tips on on any strategies to get me a little bit faster. Well, I've I've definitely sought out you know like I'm an information guy, so I sought out a lot of people who you know running coaches. Uh, I didn't even know such thing existed a runner <laughs> coach, but uh, and to be honest with you, it's been popping up in the OCR world. There's these coaches and they are a godsend. Mm-hmm. Uh, my technique, obviously, because I, you know, bodybuilded and crossfitted, I had these arms, the elbows that flailed out and it looked like I was trying to fly. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> the first thing the coach did was like, bring those arms in and, and help me with my pose running. Um, you know, there's so many different methods, uh, to help you run better, more efficiently. And that's where I started with, uh, getting advice on how to run more efficiently. 
Uh, I got these big clunky legs, uh, which is great because I can consistently hold uh, a good pace, but uh, staying, you know, having to be efficient, not injuring myself. Uh, there's a lot of information, a lot of uh, coaching that actually goes into the most basic thing of all running. Yeah. Yeah. And I, to do it more efficiently. Yeah. And I, I think that's the, you know, that's like the least sexiest word in like training is efficiency, but that's pretty much exactly what you're trying to do. You don't want to spend a ton of energy. And yeah, if you're flailing your arms around or, or running and uh, just pounding on your feet and just clunky, that's wasted energy that you could be using oh, yeah. to get over a wall or, or do whatever. So always working on how can you be more efficient so you're you're getting the job done for less energy. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's where I started. I mean, I figured that was a good base is to, you know, seek some uh, a couple of buddies of mine who are running coaches to let's let's get this form better. I still don't have the prettiest form, but it's definitely more efficient. Mm -hmm. Uh, from there I took it into, okay, I want to build better VO2, VO2 volume, you know, my lung capacity. Uh, so I would, you know, I'm mixing and matching. I have a, a day where I do track repeats. I go out to a, a school track and, you know, I run a fast mile and then I'll do, you know, 800 repeats, 400 repeats, and just basically sprinting as fast as I can for a certain distance, resting and repeating, uh, to help build that volume. Then I'll have a day where I do a short, like a five fast, I call it a fast paced run. Uh, seems to help. You know, I try to get my time down to like seven and a half minutes per mile. I really care about what the, the minute per mile average is more than uh, the distance or anything else, but mm -hmm. getting that, that down. And then we have our hill days where we go out to the local hills and we just, I call it just trying to survive <laughs> because. <laughs> I will run, we'll run a good five to six mile hill run. Uh, and the goal is to not walk. Mm -hmm. We're going to run this. We're going to hit these, you know, 15% grades. Uh, Peter's Canyon is the closest hill to me and I'm getting better at hitting the, the infamous red hill. If, if you know where you are in, in Orange County, red hill at Santa at Peter's Canyon, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I still get three quarters up the way. It doesn't matter if I'm fresh or if I'm at the end of my run three quarters away and I, I have to walk that last quarter mm. as soon as I get to the top, I, I just head back out. But the goal is to hit a long, you know, uh, trail run because a lot of OCR races are on trails yeah. and just, uh, not walk, keep a pace, a good, solid, clean pace that you can keep going and going and going, uh, has definitely, it definitely has helped my running. This is, I want to say week three of me being hundred percent, uh, mobile and able to run at a good pace. And, uh, today's run was actually, uh, was pretty good. Awesome. Cool. Um, well, we just have a couple of minutes left, so I just wanted to ask you a couple more questions. We'll get into some of the fun stuff. Um, so what, hey. what's your favorite obstacle? My favorite obstacle, you know, I actually am, I'm digging the new, uh, Olympus. Yeah. Uh, Spartans Olympus. I really do like that. It, it, it was challenging. The first time I saw it was the, uh, Tahoe ultra beast. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I don't wear gloves, but obviously when you're in Tahoe, you wear gloves. Yeah. So I tried it the first time and I said, nope, 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 took the gloves off and then tried it and, and had great success with it on the first time. Nice. Uh, then saw it again at, I want to say, I think Dallas had it. And uh, it's a really cool obstacle. Uh, it takes me back to almost like Battle Frog where they had like the tip of the spear mm -hmm. um, and just requires you to, you know, have good, you know, grip strength along with keeping your legs up, your core is working. Everything's firing, and it's one of those obstacles that it's definitely challenging. Yeah. What what hand grip do you go with? The chains, the holes, the. I like the holes. Yeah. I yeah the holes because I can transition two hands into one. Mm -hmm. So I like the fact that I can use the 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 hand holes a lot better than the other ones, and I I figured out a good. Okay, here's my secret. <laughs> I go I go for like the closest one to me with my left hand if I'm going to the right, the closest one to me with my my left hand, and then I'll go wide out like almost past a hole. Mm -hmm. um, with my right hand and then bring my left closer. And then, so I skip a hole each time Okay. and keep my legs up and, you know, uh, flat footed, my feet right underneath my chest. So my knees are right at my chest. That's what's worked best for me. And I, I've been trying to teach my clients to do that, which is tough, uh, because there's only, the only one we have is on the course. So yeah. we'll, we'll go yeah. out there and after, you know, see how, how'd you do? Okay. Now let's go back out there and we'll try it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. So yeah, that's uh, and I'll, yeah, I'll, definitely, definitely my favorites. Cool, cool, and I'll I'll post a uh, a video just in case. I know there's some 
some listeners that may have not been able to see that one yet, depending on on which race they did last year. So uh, I'll post a video of what that one looks like. Um, nice. And all right, how about least favorite? Ooh, the least favorite. Um, which one like makes it the worst? Uh, I don't really have like. I mean, they're all pretty pretty brutal. Uh, mm-hmm. I've still. I've, I've passed it several times. The multi-rig um, is still – it's still a struggle for me uh, keeping my arms up and going from uh, from attachment to attachment to attachment. Mm-hmm. I struggle a lot still with the uh, the small ropes with the knots on them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I can knock out the, – the baseballs are easy. The pipe is easy. Uh, those little ropes, uh, they, they just kill the grip, especially when your grips pretty much all are fried. Yeah. yeah. Uh, had great success with it, but my goal is to be a lot faster. I, I don't want to have to stop, get to it, and go slowly through it. I want to be a lot quicker, whip through that, and move on to the next one. So that's uh, the multi-rig, I think, is a lot of people's uh, nemesis. Oh, I would definitely agree with that one. Yeah. Um, all right, so you, you were on a Broken Skull Challenge. I was on Broken Skull Challenge, yeah. All right, so... <laughs> How was that experience and any, any takeaways that um, I know that's kind of a one of a kind thing, but that maybe you got a, got from that for, for racing, training, life, whatever it might be? You know, it, the, the experience was definitely a unique one. I, I, I would definitely do it again in a heartbeat if I had the chance. Uh, I, I learned a lot that my, my strength and endurance <clears throat> are a lot better than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it felt really good. I've never really done any kind of hand to hand in the first, uh, the first challenge I got tackled and thrown to the ground and I was like, wait, what's going on? So <laughs> I've never wrestled in high school or anything like that. So that was a new one to me. Yeah. But, um, it, it definitely showed me I, I, I was strong enough because I refused to quit on that. And, uh, it was, it was a great challenge. Uh, I did end up fracturing a rib and getting stung by a bee. So <laughs> <laughs> as, as good experiences go, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was awesome, and it, 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 you know what? It was one of those uh, those experiences in my life. I, I will look back and be excited that I did watching it on TV for the first time after I had done it like months prior. Mm-hmm. I, I got chills, and you know the the response that a lot of my you know I don't want to say fans because I don't believe in fans, but a lot of people I'm, I'm friends with social media and stuff like that. Great response from them. Hey, you you did great. You're awesome. Thank you so much. You inspire us. It really meant a lot, um, and it was one of those things where. If I, you know, if I help someone out by, you know, torturing myself, fracturing a rib and getting stung by a bee and you're motivated to do more with your life, hey, it was all worth it. Awesome. Cool. And uh, if it's cool with you, I'll, I'll put a, a, a link to uh, the video uh, that you posted on uh, on exactly what you're talking about wrestling and, and just getting down and dirty. And I mean, that's kind of the definition of grit and determination to, to get through something like that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and a lot of the contestants, I mean, we're, we're a lot of I made some new friends uh, are, are great guys and. You know, to put yourself out there like that and and really go for it on national TV, yeah. it, it it requires a lot, and it just goes to show you, hey, this is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and I think <laughs> it shows like you never really know what you're capable of until you're you're put in a situation where you just kind of have to do it, and, and you get the. It's just cool. You can see what you can come up with. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of that. I mean, I. I, I think you know, someone called me an adrenaline junkie, and I, I tried to disagree with them. But I'll, you know, everything I've done it pretty much shows that I am. It, it really, you know, when you say, "Hey, I'm going to do this, no matter what happens," you know, I, I and that's pretty much with OCR racing. You don't know what's on the other side of that start line. Yeah. You won't find out till you actually get there. So it's like, whatever comes up to me within this mile, I'm going to do. They want me to hurl over this, I'm going to do it. They want me to climb this. Hey, I signed up for this. This is what I'm going to do. So. Uh, the, the OCR racing is really just how you should live life. It's just, I mean, I'm going to get philosophical here, but anything that comes down that mile in your life, you just tackle, you take on and it, it shows you. And that's, what's so great about the sport, what you are capable of doing. Cause when you get to that finish line, you turn around and you look at everything you just did and you're like, that just happened. I just did all that. Nice. And it really just shows you how awesome you can be when you just do it. Yeah. Well, sweet. I, well, I think that's a perfect place to uh, end this. And uh, just before we go, if anybody has any questions or wants to reach out to you, is there a good place they can uh, go to check you out? Social media. Uh, I, I go under Brian the Ginger Spartan on Instagram. It's a public page. You can friend request me on Facebook under Brian Ginger Spartan. Uh, reach out to me. I, I, I allow anybody to hit me up with questions, message me. I get back to everybody I can. Uh, we also, my company, Fitness Without Limits, we do OCR training in Orange County. 
uh, personal training along with uh, we have boot camps, SGX boot camps. Uh, reach out to me, hit me up. I, I'm there. Uh, I would not be in the sport if I didn't want to help other people uh, achieve greatness. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for jumping on here with me. I appreciate it, Mike. I, I'm a huge fan, and I do I not just say that. I actually do listen to you, uh, and uh, the information I get from your uh, podcast is just awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. That, that definitely means a lot to me. So, um, Well, thanks again. Again, if you guys want to check out anything we mentioned in the show, you can check out the show notes at www.spartanunderground.com slash episode dash 21. All right, Coach Brian, we will uh, talk to you soon. All right, man. See you out on the course. All right, guys, that's going to do it for episode 21. Thanks for tuning in. And a special thanks to our guest, SGX coach Brian Ginger Spartan, and sharing his tips and strategies to help you train for your next Spartan race. And don't forget to check out the show notes at spartanunderground.com slash episode dash 21 to learn more about Coach Brian and check out any other links mentioned on the show, including the different products that you can find at Mobilitas, our show's sponsor. If you're in need for any new mobility tools, I highly recommend going over to their website and seeing what they have to offer. Well, race time is just around the corner. For everybody running in the SoCal Super and or Sprint, I wish you guys the best of luck. I hope you've been putting in the training and ready to take on that course. I will definitely miss you guys out there and a little bit jealous, but don't feel too bad for me. I'm sure while you guys are running, I'll be on a beach in the Caribbean somewhere kicking back, maybe having a drink or two, but I will be getting my training in somehow so I can get ready for Arizona next month. And until then, we'll have some more great episodes for you and keep up all the awesome training.